Today's reading is Romans 15, 1 to 16, starting on page 1141 in the Church Bibles. Romans 15, verses 1 to 16. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbours for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Again, it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written to you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again, because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah Jane Roop, and I am training to be a licensed lay minister at the Winchester School of Mission. And I must say, it is really wonderful to see you all together like this. So if, I feel that if Jesus was here in person, he would just really love to have a selfie with you all. And I wish you could all come up here and see yourselves. It is really wonderful. Jesus loves each one of us, but he really, really loves it when we all come together and worship him and praise him. So we're going to carry on our series on what it means to be church. And this week, as Dave was saying, we're looking at what it means to accept and instruct one another. And we find this in Romans, and it does follow on from what Simon was saying last week about the situation in the Roman church. Because there were really serious tensions in that church between those Christians who had been Jews and those those Christians who weren't non-Jews. They were called the Gentiles. So the Jews have been brought up to be so distinctive in their faith. I mean, not to go even anywhere near a Gentile or even eat with them. And now suddenly they were in this church where they um, had to eat with these people. And surely that wasn't right, okay? Because they had spent, it's so difficult 
to change your habits of a lifetime, especially if you think they are godly ways. So there were tensions, cultural, ceremonial, maybe racial, because in a large city like Rome, there were all kinds of people, a melting pot of the empire. I just thought it might be helpful if we have a little clip now from that Paddington film that was on at Christmas. This is when Paddington arrives at the station. London. It goes. Good morning. Really tipping it down, isn't it? Oh. oh, strange. How do you do? I'm just looking for a home, and I... Oh. Stranger danger. What? Keep your eyes down. There's some sort of bear over there, probably what? selling something. Good evening. No, thank you. Hello there. Mary. Oh, hello. Shouldn't you be at home? Oh, yes, I should. But I haven't quite worked out how to find one. Well, where are your parents? Oh, they died when I was small. Here we go. All I have left is my aunt. And where's she? Darkest Peru, in the home for retired bears. Yeah, of course she is. How did you get here? I stowed away in a lifeboat. Cool. And ate marmalade. Did you know bears like marmalade? I didn't even know bears could talk. Oh, well, I'm a very rare bear. There aren't many of us left. <laughs> and what are you going to do now? Well, I thought I would probably just sleep over there in that bin. That's the spirit. Anyway. Dad! Why don't we find you some help? Oh, yes, please. If you're sure it's no trouble. Of course it isn't. Is it, darling? Not at all. So the author, Michael Bond, was living in Notting Hill in London, which became an area where the Jamaicans of the Windrush generation arrived and they tried to settle. But they experienced blatant um, prejudice and racism. And that is what um, Paddington is about. So Paddington is looking for love and acceptance. And as it turns out, he needs a bit of instruction of how to live in a different culture. But the clever thing, though, is his label, which didn't say, accept me, like a moral imperative. But it said, please look after this bear. Thank you. Which is an altogether different appeal. So Paul's appeal to the congregation in Rome in verse 7 of the passage is to accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So it isn't just like a command. It's not like with children, you know, when you've had an argument and afterwards you say, now, say sorry, say sorry, and they say, sorry. And you know it's just a word, you know, but they don't mean it. There's no change of heart or change of behavior. So what does acceptance mean? And why should we bother? And what might happen if we do accept one another? So acceptance of others comes out of our realization that God first loved us and accepted us through Jesus. And this is the most amazing truth ever that God has chosen us and accepted us into his family. So, and why? Why us and not others that we know? 
The fact is that the God of creation adores each one of us. He delights in us and he made us all just individual, individual, unique individuals. And this it is mystery, isn't it? Something that we're never really going to fathom and hopefully never get over the wonder of it, that we are all adopted into God's family. And there's no distinction between us our sense, in the sense, in terms of our sin, what we've done wrong, and the way that we need all need to be saved through Jesus, because it's only through God's grace that we are made acceptable to him by having faith in Jesus. So as we sang, Jesus stands in our place and he takes our judgment, our punishment, and dies in our place. But he lives again and he's broken that power of sin and death over us. And now even in heaven, not just reigning, but he's interceding for us and helping us to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it has absolutely nothing to do with us, nothing to do with our status or our wealth or our good works or our culture, but it has everything to do with Jesus. And so we all line up behind Jesus and his perfect righteousness and that we come in repentance to say that we're sorry for leading lives the way we want to and that we turn and we say, yes, we're going to live life the way God wants us to in his family. So we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. But we also, we need to accept ourselves in Christ. Sometimes we are our worst enemy. Human nature being what it is, we can be self-centered, self-sufficient, well, even self-hating. So please don't think that you're not good enough for God in a way that you don't really open up to God to receive all the blessing he has for us. And don't think too highly of ourselves and therefore we become self-reliant. And again, we cut off that blessing that God has for us because none of us is good enough because only Jesus is acceptable to God. So we can respond to that good news in repentance, turning to Jesus, believing and trusting in him. Because God delights in us with all our failings and our doubts. But he wants to build us up into a faithful, strong community. So if we're following Jesus and in our discipleship, that's why we need to accept one another Paul points to Jesus and how he behaved on earth and as an example that we can follow. So in verse 3, he says that we should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. So even Jesus didn't please himself, but he became a servant and he completely identified with his father and the people he came to rescue and that reminds me of the challenging words that are, there are in Philippians 2, that Jesus' attitude of humility and obedience, even though he knew it would lead to his death. And Paul talks about how we can think humbly of ourselves by valuing other people as well in our community. So Christian community should be more than just belonging to a club, 
But we can act as if we're consumers, really, and want to have a church as we want it. And the, the thing is, if you're in a city church, I mean, if you don't like it here, you can always go and find another church. But we want to come to church to build ourselves up, but also to build other people up, because we all need one another. So acceptance means welcoming people into fellowship, talking to them, being inclusive, being hospitable, taking care of them under the Lordship of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the group I'm training with um, is quite a mixed bunch of people, but it is fascinating to hear how God has been talking to each one individually and uh, and leading everybody on, on these different journeys, and how we all gain a bigger and better picture of what God is like, um, the way that he deals with each, each of us, and the way that he unites us in faith through his Holy Spirit. And also I know that in Download, that's the group for our group, our young people, they have worked on talking about cherishing one another, and that has, that has really broken down the idea of small cliques, but they're all sort of starting to look after each other and cherishing one another. But, I mean, we can't expect Christian community to be an idealized place either, I mean, because we're in it. And uh, many people do have bad experiences of church in the past, and maybe because they've been hurt and they just don't want to repeat that sort of thing again. And, and you know, we're, we're only fallible people. We do get it wrong. So things like safeguarding is really important. And we do have to keep back and repent. We keep doing things wrong and we wish we didn't. But so we know that we'll never be able to do this on our own by our best efforts. So Henry Nguyen, in his book, In the Name of Jesus, talks about how God's love is different to human love Human love, he says, is tainted with selfishness that we can never really shake off. And with our love comes also the chance of rejection, withdrawal, ambiguities, strains, and stresses. And it reveals the darkness that never completely leaves the human heart. And that's why we shouldn't rely just on our best efforts but rely on the love of God in whom there are no shadows. So Jesus' love can bring healing and reconciliation, new life and hope. Because we are loved, there is no need to be afraid, he says. So we live in a very divided society now. There's so much polarized thinking and there's inequalities, and we can bring this into church too. We might disagree on politics or Christian values. Uh, we might find people annoying, uh, or maybe we just don't think we have anything in common with them. But if we pray, the Holy Spirit can help us to endure and encourage us. So prayer is key because it makes us focus on God and not ourselves. So I was a cook in a Christian uh, summer camp, and we had a young girl in her 20s who, who came along and drove us all bonkers because she was so bossy. And uh, we just had to get together and pray about that. And it was amazing, actually, because after that, she just didn't seem to bother me so much anymore. I mean, it was only a week. 
but sometimes, but and where we're living, you know, all together. But uh, sometimes you don't know somebody, maybe a longer conversation with somebody can help to help you understand someone better. And then you're, you're more accepting. Or maybe you just have to hand things over to God and things don't improve. Um, but just because you can't get on with somebody doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be kind or pray for them. And what about instructing one another? Paul mentions this in his passage as well. So just like Paddington, we've got to learn a new way of living. And he, in London, his family, he didn't really know what electric toothbrushes were. Do you remember that? He tried to clean his ears out with them. But, um, but this is how we can, we can grow in our faith in, um, in Christ, um, by being, by, by, Understanding and then instructing each other, being a teacher to one another. So we learn from Jesus, who's our great teacher, about how to live lives pleasing to God. Do you remember the Beatitudes? Things like that. But then we can help one another by reminding each other of biblical truth, praying for one another, but sharing the joys and the sorrows of life together. So I would really recommend, um, if anyone is not in a small group, to join one because it is such a huge encouragement and support in faith to meet together in God's presence. And I just want to say thank you to all the people that I have been in groups with just for the fact that they've shown me, um, shown me Jesus by their example and their prayers and uh, instruction and accountability. So finally, why is it important to accept one another? Well, it's because that is the way that Jesus' blessing, God's blessing, can really, really uh, reach fulfillment when God, when people, his people, are praising him and in right relationship with him. And then we show Jesus to the world. We reflect God's character of love and relationship when we accept one another. So we become part of that mission. Uh, it says in the passage about how God always meant it from the very beginning that his people would come from every tribe, every nationality, not just the Jews, but all the Gentiles. So God is interested in drawing, drawing these people all together. And Jesus prayed that his followers be, would be one, united together, so that the world would see that loving relationship and think, wow, this is something different. This is amazing. And want to, want to follow Jesus. He wants us to be united as we worship together as well, not just a bunch of soloists, okay, but as choir, beautifully blended voices like today. So as Paddington finds his home and he can stay despite his very expensive mistakes and accidents he is accepted and god wants us to bring hope and witness to a society as he draws his people in to be adopted into his family people as diverse as possible coming together to sing and worship our wonderful god together so finally, just thought, uh, just have a moment of quiet now, just to sort of think about whether there is 
somebody that, that you find it hard to accept, someone um, maybe has hurt you or someone is very different to you and you feel that you have nothing in common with them, maybe except the gospel. And then to ask God to bless that person, to ask God to change your heart towards them so you, they, you can accept them for who they are. Someone who Jesus came to rescue and is loved and accepted by God. <clears throat>